Good morning and welcome everybody. You're listening to the Faith FM Network, 87.6, 87.8 or 88 right across Australia, wherever you are. This is The Breakfast Show, positively different radio in the morning and we're not going to mention what day of the week it is because... It's not that day of the week, whatever day it is. We have no idea what day of the week Mm -hmm. it is. You are with Lyle and... Mon and you are listening to the delayed broadcast intro, which means we recorded this earlier. We recorded this on the 30th of July and we're not sure what day you're listening to it. Maybe the 31st of July. Maybe the 32nd of July. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) But you know what? Don't stress. You'd actually jump across the live show right now as we speak. And the news won't sound so old. Yeah, and the weather will be current and all the news stories will be up to date. The good news and the current news. It's super easy to jump across. Um, We're actually doing the live introduction as we speak right now simultaneously. They're happening both at the same time. You can just go to faithfm.com.au, press play on the live stream, or you can download the TuneIn app, which is a very handy little app to have on your phone. Search for Faith FM Australia once you've got that, and uh, you can just press play on there. Once again, just press play and uh, listen to us anywhere that you can get a Wi-Fi signal, which actually is more places Pretty than much everywhere. you can get a radio signal. So Absolutely. Yeah. Listen to it all over the world. And Perfect of course, signal. coming up in today's show, we have an interview with the world's greatest storyteller. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very interesting man. And uh, yeah, he's could listen to him for hours, uh-huh, and uh-huh. I have many times. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the world's greatest storyteller. We also have. We're going to be talking about signs of the times, and you are going to be absolutely stunned by some mm-hmm. of the material that I share on um, some of the signs of the times and the increase, because you know we're just like the boiled frog syndrome. We don't yes. recognize what is happening until you actually look at it in stats, and it tells us that, yes, Jesus is coming back very, very soon. Very soon. Yeah. yeah and I tell you to call in and talk to us about it, but um, you're listening to the delayed broadcast, so unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. If you want to call in, flick over the live show. Yeah, and you can call us in on whatever topic we're talking about there. And Mon, what have you got? You've got coming some positive. Yes, we've got some positive stories. stuff. Yes, yeah, some really cute stories, some interesting, innovative stories. I've also. Police been, turn up to a birthday party. Yeah, police turn up to a birthday party, find out about what happened at that birthday party. <laughs> and, and the uh, birthday boy was all of. What, five years old? Yeah, he turned five. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so it's yeah. pretty bad. It's, it's pretty bad when the coppers turn up to a five year old's birthday with, party. With cars and helicopters and everything. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. that's right. And it wasn't just police officers, there was a couple of special forces, yeah, as well. So ooh, check it out. We put the video up on our on our socials, so check that out. I also make um our giveaway scarf, our winter woolly scarf, live on air. So this is a definitely a good reason to jump across. If you're the within twenty four hours, go and check it out on Faith FM. Yes, live because we're gonna be giving that thing away and uh, you want to be on the live show so you can get that scarf for yourself. Check it out. I wonder so aimless life filled with sin I wouldn't ask my dear Savior in. Then Jesus came like a stranger in the night. Praise the Lord, I saw the light. Just like a blind man, I wandered alone. Worries and fears I gleaned for my own. Then, like the blind man, Back my side Praise the Lord I saw the light I saw the light I saw the light 
Listening to Bart Millard, I saw the light here on Faith FM, and Mon has a clue for the quiz. Yes, and if you want to dump it on Instagram, which is Faith FM Live, all lowercase one word, you can actually watch our Insta story and get the first two clues already. And Lyle doesn't know what the answer is. And uh, I got, I got to admit, I'm right, working on it. I'm working on it. It's actually, <laughs> it's, it's sort of right there. It's just at the tip of my fingers. It's in the ether. My brain knows what it is. It's just not telling me. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's holding out on you. <laughs> it's holding out on me. Okay, so it keeps it keeps it keeps just sort of running it past my conscious and then pulling it back into the subconscious. Maybe it'll make it easier for you if I tell you that the clues are really hard and obscure, but the answer is very easy. You kick yourself when you know who it is. Anyway, it's a who am I quiz. The first clue is Second Timothy tells that I was opposed by Janice and Jambres, which, to be honest, does sound like Swedish twins that make jam. Yeah, no, no, no. Janice, I know this story. I know this because Janice was a dude. Uh huh. Which is really weird. It's like, Uh what's up with that? But. Maybe don't tell us the story just just in case you accidentally mentioned it. No, no. If you know the answer, give us a call. The number to call is 1-800-FAITH-FM. It's 1-800-324-843. Or you can text us 0491-064-669. You can also contact 
contact us through any of our socials. We have Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. If you get it right, we will send you the prize. If you get it right before Lyle figures it out, we will send you two prizes. <laughs> I'm super keen to do that. I still haven't been able to do that. Please, someone call before Lyle gets it. <coughs> Monday's a good day because his brain's... Sluggishly getting into gear. Yeah, my brain is sluggishly getting a little bit more sluggish than usual as well. But hey, yeah, hey, Lyle, I have some really cool news actually. Special, special thank you to all the people who contacted us on uh, our social media um, to say that they were praying for me to feel better. Yes, isn't that lovely? Yeah, yeah. it's amazing. It's a, a community of prayer. It's always sweet. I love a good sense of community. Yeah. Okay, so I have some cool news and I have some cute news, special news. Uh, so actually over the weekend, my brother sent me a little video of a new kind of drone that they've made. Okay. And I'm very intrigued by it because you and I, like your family and myself, we've recently had drones and then mm-hmm. had to sell them. And, you know, because the drone drone technology is just moving so fast. Yeah. And um, there's this really cool new one, Lyle. Um, so it has like your phone, right? Yep. And then it has like, like a little little drone propellers attached either side of the phone so when you want to take a selfie right you can just activate the the little helicopter blades and your phone will just hover in mid-air and then you like press the timer you walk in front of your phone and you take a picture using the camera like that so the camera just like your phone just hovers so so, so, so how many how many how many blades does this thing have how many engines (coughs) it appears to have two two two, so it it, it hangs the phone up like yeah because I'm just sort of thinking because you've got one on each corner of the phone then the phone's going to be pointing at the ground you have to lay on the ground to take a selfie no so it looks like that Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's almost like you know how people wear those caps with the fans on. It'd be a bummer if it flew away, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like suddenly, look, oh, there goes my phone. Well, like, that's what I thought it was. Feet in the air. When the video started, I was like, oh, cool! Like you're going to be able to control, like just fly your phone around. But it appears you can just make your phone um, hover in mid air, so you can go stand in front of your phone to be the subject. So of the somebody photo. has actually invented skyhooks. Skyhooks? You've never heard of Skyhooks? Isn't that a band or something? No. What are you talking about? <laughs> Skyhooks is a Skyhooks is a technical term. All the tradies out there will know exactly what I'm talking about when we talk about Skyhooks. Yeah. Because you know you have you have certain um, designers and architects and uh, all, all the ar- my architect friends are going to be highly offended when I say this. But sometimes they design things and hand it to us tradies to build. I was a, I used uh-huh, to be a cabinet uh-huh. maker and spent a year or two in 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 carpentry as well. Um, and so we've got to build this thing, and it's like, well, how is it going to stand? How is it going to support itself? How is it going to stand it up? It's like, don't worry, just hang on a skyhook, it'll be fine. <laughs> so, but here's somebody's yeah. actually invented a skyhook. Yeah. Yeah. Hang your phone on a skyhook, and it just exactly it hangs there what it in is. the sky. Oh, I love it. That's Humans hilarious. Are amazing. Yes. I, I just love the things that human beings come up with. I mean, this is this is evidence of the fingerprints of God right here because God is so creative. And when we are creative, we are we are just simply, you know, living our life in the image of God the way that we were supposed to do it. Amen. That would be so funny if they were actually called Skyhook drones. So they're two mini <laughs> Skyhooks in the top corners of your phone. I guess you yeah. attach it a bit like you attach a case, like a cover on top on your phone to protect it. I guess maybe you attach it like Yeah, clip that. it on, I guess. Yeah, clip that, it on. That doesn't look too, too hard. Yeah, yeah, and then away you go. Anyway, so that was really cool. My brother sent me that yesterday and my mind was being blown. I was looking at the news this morning and I just really want one. I never take selfies ever. Yeah, yeah. But I still want <laughs> I still want skyhooks for my phone. So there's a father, a concerned father, who's actually invented a different kind of drone recently as well. And this one has a special purpose of preventing potential drownings. 
So a concerned father, he's uh, he's been innovative and he's created a floating drone. So um, I don't know. I, I like a radio control boat. We've had well, those for almost. a long time. You do know we've had, a, a radio, we've had those for a long time, right? They've been around <laughs> no, for a almost, very long almost. time. Like, like since the Second World War, you know, they, maybe even the First World War. They need cameras, right? So this this fella, Lee Camber, <coughs> he's, uh, he's got an extra set of eyes right now on his pool. So it's called the Morningstar SOS. It's a drone with two built-in 360-degree cameras that can survey the activity on top and underneath the pool surface. And so if this device senses that someone is in or around the pool when they shouldn't be, it actually takes a picture and a notification and sends it to the homeowner and then the homeowner you know can have a look have a squeeze and if it turns out to be emergency they have the option of immediately contacting and passing on the information to local rescue workers oh that's cool yeah and so um you know obviously when, when someone's drowning every every second counts and uh, and so emergency crews are actually um hailing uh mr kimber's invention as a potential lifesaver and, and a great tool and um and yeah, and so actually the fire department has started utilizing these and uh, and they're going to be on sale by the end of the year. So yeah, how cool, cool is that? That, that is. That's a, a good addition to a fence. Yeah, yeah. Look And look at that. Look, that's how it looks. Yeah. It looks like a little... Like a star floating yeah, in the Yeah, a star movie. floating in the pool. Floating in the pool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And <laughs> I have such a cool story. This one's from New Zealand, right? This is so cute. It's such a dying little story. Oh my goodness. It's Here comes our wiggly fluff of no, the day. No, no, fluff, no, no fluff. fluff. No fluff. This is about a five-year-old boy um, who was having uh, his fifth birthday party. His name's Zachary. He's from um, Auckland. And he wanted to have a police themed party and so he told his mum but I want the police to come to my party and uh, and she was like yeah that's cute and didn't really think anything of it didn't realise that he was literally going to invite the police and so how do you invite the police? Um, you create create a disturbance and no. they are automatically invited <laughs> You just <laughs> start, call, a, start a riot <laughs> you just call them but what's the number that any five year old would know? The emergency number. That's right. Which in New Zealand, what is it? Triple nine or something? It's triple one. Triple one. So, so, so he, um, Zach, young Zachary, started calling the police on the emergency f- uh, number, and uh, and at first couldn't get through. So he started repeatedly calling them several times until a concerned police dispatcher called the, the home number, and uh, I spoke to his mum Sarah, uh, you know, just to see that there was any sort of emergency happening, and of course, um. Sarah was actually quite embarrassed and had to explain. She says, oh my goodness, I'm so sorry. That was my five-year-old son. He was just telling me he wanted to invite police to his police-themed fifth birthday party. I didn't realize he was actually going to phone through. (laughs) 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 But it gets better. Oh, that's awesome. So once Sarah explained the situation, um, the officer who was laughing her head off, she said, I don't know if we'll be able to make it, but I'll put the request in (laughs) and get this. They turned up, so a bunch of officers were actually able to make it to Zachary's party, and uh, it's a very see that's good policing. That's good policing. That's good policing because that's building you know really good connections within the community. Absolutely. And to be an effective police force, you've got to have those good connections in yeah. the community. You've got to have the trust and the support, and uh, you know and building that building with it, building that with the kids. Yeah, it's great, fantastic. Well, I'm gonna put a video up of how it all went down <laughs> because it's so cute. Because uh, a crew of cops and special officers um, actually arrived at the family's doorstep. Uh, they had 
some stuffed toys for the kids. And uh, and once he was able to get over his surprise of welcoming his heroes <laughs> into his own home, they actually let him climb on top of the cruiser. They got to hold some of the equipment and they got to wave to the police helicopter that went over the head. No way. Serious. They had the police helicopter fly over the top. <laughs> and uh, and uh, the department ended the, uh, the heartwarming video because I made a video saying that while they're happy to grant the boys' wishes, they hope it doesn't encourage kids to call any emergency numbers unless it's an actual emergency. <laughs> How sweet is that? Um, so we, we're going to put those two stories up on our social media. So check out uh, Instagram, which is Faith FM Live, all lowercase one word, and Facebook, which is Faith FM Australia, and our Twitter, which is also Instagram Live, lowercase one word. Instagram Live or Faith FM Live? Sorry, Faith FM Live. Yeah, that's what I thought. This is Vocal Union with What Heavenly Music you're listening to. Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 or 88 right across Australia. Vocal Union with What Heavenly Music as Mon comes scurrying into the studio and plops in her chair. <laughs> I thought I had up my own there for a minute. Nah, I had to go boil that kettle, you know. Okay. My cup of morning um, herbal tea. <laughs> <laughs> nice. We've got another clue there for the quiz. I'm going to get it this time. <laughs> 
Oh, you're going to give it this time. No, I'm going to get it this time. Oh, you're going, no, I don't second think so. clue, second clue. So. Come on, come on, come okay, on. Okay, who on. am I? I named my son Gershom saying I have become an alien in a foreign land. Oh. Oh. Does that mean you know it or you don't? <laughs> I'm not sure what that noise means. Oh. No, I'm so close. Oh, come on. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> no, I don't have it. Don't worry, but the next one you will have it for sure. Okay. That's right. <laughs> as long as nobody gets it before me, that's okay. Give us a call, 1-800-FAITH-FM. Give <coughs> us a call quick before Lyle figures it out. You'll get double prizes today. So did you hear about the earthquake? I did not. Yeah, big earthquake in uh, Lombok this morning. Lombok? Yeah, Indonesia. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, 16 confirmed dead so far. Oh, very, no. very serious. Um, yeah, probably a couple, uh, several hundred that um, injured and uh, quite a few that are in need of rescue. Large numbers in need of rescue, particularly on one of the mountainsides there where um, <coughs> there's been a lot of hikers mm-hmm. and they've been cut off by landslides. Oh, no. So we need to pray for Indonesia this morning and Lombok in particular mm-hmm. and the emergency services are going in there, three-day uh, state of emergency to um, to deal with the situation. And, um, yeah, very, very serious. It was a very shallow earthquake. It wasn't that uh, that, that heavy. Um <coughs> It was only 6.4 on the Richter scale, but it was so shallow that it hit incredibly hard. So the Richter scale doesn't always give an accurate description. Really, the best description of uh, the severity of an earthquake comes down to um, how many people are affected by it. Okay, yeah, yeah, of course. And uh, this one's, um, you know, and Lombok, of course, is a famous tourist destination. A lot of tourists in Lombok. Oh, no. um, it's probably the second biggest tourist destination in Indonesia after Bali. Mm-hmm. Um, what is that? <clears throat> it's the second one I hear about anyway. When I hear about Indonesia, everyone says Bali. Um, and if they're not talking about Bali, they're talking about Lombok. So. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, it has the infrastructure, lots of buildings down, that kind yeah, of Yeah, a lot of buildings down. Oh, no. A lot of buildings down. Uh, it was felt in Bali. Mm-hmm. Um, lots of people in Bali came, you know, running out of their, you know, hotels were emptying out and all that kind of thing. It lasted between 10 and 20 seconds, uh, depending on where you were in the area. <coughs> it's just such a small pocket of time to do such a large amount of destruction. Yeah, that's right. You, know, you sort of think about it, it's like, okay, you've got 10 seconds. If an earthquake hit us right now, how far would I get in 10 seconds, you know? I don't think we'd get anywhere, really. No, not really. Yeah. Um, <coughs> just dive under the desk, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> not, yeah. That this, not that this fold-up desk would give you yeah. any protection <laughs> from, from anything. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Except to cut you in half. It's interesting, though, because Jesus says in Matthew chapter 24 about you know the signs of his times. He says, Nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There shall be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in different places. So my question is, Mon, we've had an earthquake here. Is this a sign of the times? Absolutely. Yeah, we've always had earthquakes. But you should read the stats on how many <coughs> more we're having now. Okay, I'm going to share a few of those with you in just a moment because this is the point. This is not where that passage finishes. And a lot of people finish at that and they go, well, there's always been wars. There's always been rumors of wars. There's always been famines. There's always been disease. And there's always been earthquakes. Mm-hmm. So what? Mm-hmm. Jesus goes on, this is the next line, these are the beginning of the labor or birth pains. Mm -hmm. And the significant thing with birth pains is that when birth pains begin, they're kind of far apart and they're kind of mild Mm -hmm. and they increase in severity and they increase in regularity. In other words, they get closer and closer together the closer you get to that very, very painful event after which there is just so much joy and celebration and blessing. A new life. Yeah. A new life. That's mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. And when Jesus says that you know the return, his return will be like that, there's a number of things we can learn. Number one, when the birth pains start, they're not going to shut off. Mm-hmm. You can't change your mind 
Mon, when this time comes for you, you can't change your mind. It's like, yeah, you know what? I'd rather have this baby next week. Yeah. <laughs> it's not as, oh, you are on a one-way path. It's uh-huh, going to happen. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So you have the guarantee that that baby is going to be born once the birth pains start. Mm-hmm. Okay? And it's going to be imminent. Um, that's the first point. The second point is you don't know how long it's going to be. Some women have very short labors. Some women have very long labors. Um, the third point is that the labor pains are going to get closer together. And the fourth is that they are going to increase in intensity. Okay. So what we've got to ask ourselves is when it comes to the signs of the times that Jesus gave, are they all happening simultaneously? Because throughout history they have all happened, Mm -hmm. but not simultaneously. Well, this one's definitely happening simultaneously. Definitely happening simultaneously. I mean, the the whole famine thing and, and pestilence and so forth. Look at the drought that we're having here in Australia right now. Mm-hmm. Look at the heat waves that are killing you know hundreds of people in the northern hemisphere right now. Um, so and we could go on and on with, with all of these different signs of the times, but we're particularly looking at earthquakes. And I thought I'd I thought I'd look up a uh, a few stats and look at the impact that earthquakes have had on the world. And so these are stats from places like Oxfam, Red Cross, United Nations. So this is impacts on human beings. Mm-hmm. <coughs> So from 1980, um, or just a couple of uh, uh, snap- snapshots, in 1980 there were 60 major earthquakes that had a major impact on you know human beings around the world. Wow. In 2006, there were 240. Whoa. In 2014, there were 500. That's such a steep increase. It's a very, very steep increase. So from 85 to 95, 174 million people were affected by earthquakes. From 95 to 2006, there were 254 million affected by earthquakes. Oh, mercy. And if we look at earthquakes, because some people say, oh, okay, we, can, we, we know there's more earthquakes now because we can measure them more effectively. Okay, but we've we've been able to measure big earthquakes for a yeah, long time. Yeah, it's quite some time now. <clears throat> and so let's t- take let's take the big ones, eight or more on the Richter scale. Mm-hmm. I mean, these are massive, destructive earthquakes mm-hmm. that kill thousands of people. And let's look at them over the last you know hundred years or so. So if we go to the decade, so we'll do them decade by decade in the nineteen hundreds. So that's eighteen hundred to nineteen oh nine. Sorry, eighteen. Uh, 99 to 1909, eight or more on the Richter scale, three. That's not much. In the 1910s, zero. In the 1920s, one. In the 1930s, one. In the 1940s, one. In the 1960s, three. In the 1970s, two. In the 1980s, three. In the 1990s, seven. In the 2000s, 13. In our decade, 19 and counting. Whoa, I mean, even just comparing the two the two centuries, that's all. Okay, so so yes, three versus I lost count. I was trying to keep count. Yeah, yeah. All right. In the last century, there was a there was a total of twenty one that were eight or more on the Richter scale. Total of twenty one over that hundred year period. Yeah. In this century, in the eighteen years that we've had so far, there's already been thirty two. That's incredible. Now, if that rate plateaus mm-hmm. and does not increase, mm-hmm. okay, so if it does not increase, that's going to mean that by the 
end of this century, so last century, 21, Mm -hmm. by the end of this century, if we don't have any further increases, it's going to be 188. Wow. Now, if that doesn't tell you something, you're not listening. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, seriously, this is God screaming out to us in the loudest possible language and he's saying, wake up, guys, I'm coming back soon and you need to be ready for me to come back. Yeah, amen. You know, this is a very steep J-curve. You put that on a graph and and, and look at the J-curve that that creates. I feel like, to be honest, every, every second day we turn on the news and there's another earthquake that's happening. Yeah, that's right. And the reason that we don't, feel the impact of the signs of the times is because it's reported so often we're dead to it. And also... We're just numb to it. We're not in an earthquake ourselves, so... Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's not happening here, yeah. and so it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and they're not all happening here, and so we just sort of uh, sit back and feel relaxed, and it's another one on the news, and, you know, it's like there's another mass killing on the news, and it's like, yep, okay, that's another one, or there's another, another, another terrorist bomb went off in yeah, the Middle East somewhere. War, and another war. Yeah. That's just another one. <coughs> mm-hmm. And uh, not realizing that, you know, it wasn't that many years ago when these were these were major news items, and they are no longer major news items. Mm-hmm. You know, unless, unless we get something that is absolutely out of the world, dramatic, um, and amazing. <coughs> but in the last couple of seconds, they've discovered a massive lake of liquid water on Mars. Are you serious? Yes. Are you which serious? Always, which always brings up the question, is there life on Mars? Which fascinates me because when you look at the evolution that, that they're based on, it's like, well, life is, you know, you have to have so many millions of years and so many millions of planets or whatever it is, and but we're going to try and find it on our nearest planet. Anyway. Um, well, Jesus is coming soon, and for that we are very grateful, irrespective of how painful the signs to get there might be. Strange the path we choose I've tried but failed to walk in someone else's shoes Strange how I've tried To walk this road alone Not knowing the things I might find Save me from myself in ways I can't explain mm-hmm. 
Welcome back, everybody. That was, uh, what was that? Simeon, I'm Forgiven here on Faith FM. Mm, I think it might be a new one. I think we've heard that one before. So, yeah, it's a nice little tune. Good to have some new music, some new songs. And, Mon, as we get started, have we got another clue Clue for a quiz? quiz. Yes. Okay. Who am I? The third clue is Michael the Archangel disputed with the devil about my body. Ah, That one makes it so easy. Michael with the Archangel disputed with the devil about whose body. Give us a call, 1-800-FAITH-FM. Well, I'm excited today to have uh, John Hammond on the phone, who is um, a master storyteller amongst many other skills that he has. Uh, John, welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you very much, Lyle. Now, uh, I understand that you and I are kind of um, (coughs) suffering through uh, scratchy throats at the same time. Is that right? Yeah, I think we call it the lurgy. Everything is fine except my throat. <laughs> well, thank you for taking the time to uh, to come and join us on the throne on the phone. And uh, I want to um, uh, just yeah, we'll start off by talking about you were just recently in Fiji, and um, yeah, maybe what you could share with us some stories of uh, your experience there. Yeah, well, we went over for a family holiday. Uh, so we took the children and the grandchildren uh, so they could revisit where their parents grew up. Um, I was principal of Fulton College in Fiji, and uh, we spent four wonderful years there. So we just had a fantastic week yeah. um, and, and loved it. That's fantastic. So when when you said you spent four years there at Fulton College, and just to, as an explanation to, yeah, just to explain maybe to our listeners what Fulton College is and uh, and, and then share maybe what years you were there. Well, Fulton College has been going for many, many years, about 60 years, 70 years, and uh, it's a, a senior training college before uh, Pacific Adventist University, and it has continued, but uh, they've moved from the old campus just north of Suva to a beautiful new campus uh, near Nandi. Uh, but we visited the old campus because that's where our memories are, and uh, we had students from 19 different countries, so it was a most uh, culturally diverse oh. place. Mm. Is the old campus still being used? What's what's happening there now? It's very, very sad. It's not quite derelict, and, and in the tropics, of course, it'll go downhill very, very quickly. Mm-hmm. So it, it was a walk down memory lane, but, but rather rather sad. Sure. And what years were you in? Were you living in Fiji? Uh, 1982 to the end of 1985. Right. I was the youngest principal they've ever had there. Oh, wow. Congratulations. That's a um, yeah. definitely an achievement there. Now, John, you had a, a, a long life involved in education. Um, <clears throat> where did that all begin? Well, it started, I guess, um, when my parents went to Malaya in 1949. Um, that's when um, my dad was a doctor and he was he's asked to go to Penang and Malaya at a time when uh, the communist terrorist emergency war had just started. And uh, there were a lot of snakes. People were dying. They were, uh, the infrastructure had broken down after the war. And uh, the day we arrived, he uh, opened the door in the morning and, Trod on the back of a 13-foot hammer drive, or King Cobra. Oh, And we'd only only been there 12 hours, and he slammed the door shut so fast he nearly left his foot outside. (laughs) And he came in 
and he announced to my mother, don't unpack a single bag. We're going home tomorrow morning. <laughs> and there was a flight going down to Singapore, and so we sat down. That was one of my earliest memories of my dad sitting at breakfast with his hands shaking. And uh, he wasn't someone who was readily spooked. And uh, he then rather dramatically announced that we're going to test God on this one. Mm-hmm. And uh, he said, we're going to pray. And I'm going to get my Bible. And I've got it here with me. And he said, I'm going to just open the Bible anywhere. And I'm just going to shove my thumb in. And if there's not a message under my thumb, we'll go home. Talk about throwing down the gauntlet. Yeah, that's yeah. a uh, that's a, that's really um, that's really throwing it down right there. It's a pretty risky thing to do. Mm-hmm. Well, he did that, and when he lifted his thumb, he read a text that has become our family favourite. He'd never read it before. It was Luke, Luke chapter ten, verse nineteen. Behold, I give unto you power to tread on snakes and scorpions. And over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. And he turned to my mum and said, I think we've got to stay. <laughs> and so, stay we did for 12 years. We killed 12 cobras in the bathroom alone. Ooh. And uh, uh, he saved the life of the senior communist terrorists without realizing it. Um, when every European head was first $5,000 attached or otherwise. And the day before we left the country, uh, God just opened the window of heaven just a crack because we had a knock on the door, the war was finished, and there was a Chinese man, and he asked if he could come in, and he had a piece of paper. Now, it had our photograph, the photograph of our car, our address, and uh, the number plate of the car. And uh, I looked at it. I could read, read Malay, and there was a, a message in Malay and Chinese. And it said, it said this is the Hammond family, and uh, this is an order of protection. Under no circumstances is this family ever to be harmed. And uh, it was signed by this man, and... Uh, we just realized that God had protected us. I mean, we lived there when the, the governor of the country, Sir Henry Gurney, was assassinated, and they're moving all Europeans out, but my dad stuck there. And mm-hmm. so I determined as I was growing up that whatever I did, I was going to work for church. Mm-hmm. The problem is my two brothers did brilliantly, um, but I didn't. Uh, <laughs> I, I was a classic, classic middle child. Uh, If you you want to learn true humility, you let your younger brother finish school several years ahead of you. Um, And that I I started doing secondary teaching and I bombed out of that. Uh, I had a grade point average of about zero. (laughs) And um, the only option left was primary teaching. And I used to despise primary teachers. We call them primary screechers. (laughs) <laughs> well, I, I, I humbly lined up and registered, and in those days, it was a low-grade course, and you had to teach a class within three weeks of starting. This is at Avondale College um, 51 years ago, mm-hmm. and the day I taught my first lesson, the lights just came on.
Right. And I ran out of that classroom exulting, and I knew why God had led me through all those horrible years of failing. Uh, he was something I could do, and it, I, I, uh, I can look into a child's eyes and see the panic when they are not learning. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I was a primary teacher. My first job was to open the Central Coast School at Erin, New South Wales. We had 18 kids, so I think it's got about 900 now. Wow. Um, and so the Lord led me. Uh, I did eventually become a high school teacher and then at, lectured at the college and then went out to Fiji. And then I was principal of uh, Longburn College uh, before becoming national director of Adventist schools for the last 13 years of my career. That's, and, um, that, that's uh, a, been, yeah. Yeah. I've retired it? now for, for nine years. It's a truly sensational story, John, because it's it it it's evidence of the hand of God. Mm. You know, from the very beginning, where you know you you, you tell that story of your, your dad telling treading on a snake, and then such a dramatic answer to prayer. Yeah, uh, well, followed, what, though. Sorry, God, God rattles your cage now and again mm. <laughs> because uh, nearly twelve years ago I broke my neck and my back, mm. and I wasn't expected to live, and I was in a long, long coma. But the day I woke up, God spoke to me. Mm-hmm. And nobody in this wide world can convince me that God didn't speak to me. And he simply said, your work is not yet finished. Mm. And that's why I'm racing all over the world, uh, preaching the gospel, um, because God has given me a commission. I mean, how blessed am I after being given up for dead waking up out of a coma, and then God telling me my work is not yet done. And he'll do that for anybody. Mm-hmm. But sometimes you've got to go to the bottom of the pool and kick hard because God's waiting to drag you out. And no matter what your state in life, God's got to work for you. Absolutely. John, you mentioned, you mentioned starting off as a primary school teacher and becoming yes. passionate about primary school teaching, but then going on to, you know, being, uh, you know, directors of colleges and universities and, you know, education director for, you know, the whole of the South Pacific in the Adventist Church, um, which are very responsible positions. Do you still have a passion, that original passion for for working with the, with the young children? Well, yes. Um, um, I hope my ex-bosses aren't listening to this, but... Over my time, I've taken 110 weeks of prayer. Now, that's a big chunk out of your working life. Mm. But what I would do when I go into a school, I never wanted to lose my hand at being a teacher. Mm-hmm. I would speak to the students twice a day, but then I would teach for that week as well. So that was my uh, yearly sabbatical several times a year to take a week of prayer. Mm-hmm. And it is the most wonderful experience I ever. I'm addicted talking to students whether they're five years old 15 or 50 now john um some of our listeners might not know this but uh you are known uh around the world as being a master storyteller when it comes to children what is it that motivates you to be a a a a storyteller um with, with with kids that's a question i was dying for you to ask <laughs> Well, um, if you want somebody to remember a sermon, tell a story. And if you look at the way Christ taught, he simply told stories. Mm. 
and the stories will stick. And you you can be five or you can be 105. You will always remember stories when people come back to me and they say, I remember that sermon you talked it's not the details, it's not the 15 points that you want to get across as the story. And I always believe in never laboring the point. People are smart enough to pick up the point in the story. Mm. And uh, I take yearly lectures up at the college because people just have forgotten the art of telling stories. Mm, mm. And <clears throat> I can testify to the truth of that because both Shell and myself can remember um, quite clearly, some of the stories that you were telling at uh, Tasmania Big Camp this year to a group of children, and all the kids were heading over there for story time, and Shell and I were heading over there for story time as well. <laughs> so that was um, yes, fantastic. It's, uh, it's amazing when you see some 45-year-old uh, juniors. Uh, <laughs> and, yeah, walk into but, story time um, and sit down and start listening. Storytelling so easy, but it is something you have to work out. You've got to practice it. What's your what's your number one tip for telling stories? Um, you, or my my view is particularly the uh, say a twelve or thirteen year old. You've got forty five seconds. You can be the most boring preacher in the world, and they'll give you forty five seconds before they distract. You've got to absolutely hook them in that first forty five seconds. Mm-hmm. So focus on that, and then. Yeah, and, and so it's got to be something that's engaging. Um, and uh, I can remember when I was a speaker at the Camporee in, in Wakerley in South Australia, and there were 3,000 kids on a hot night, and the band had whipped them up. I was saying, Lord, you've just got to help me. And he did. He calmed those people down because I just launched straight into a story, and they're waiting for the next word. And... and uh, I would have to say that God has given me that gift and, and given me the opportunity to hone it. I I sit and listen to many sermons, and sometimes I've got to concentrate. I concentrate so hard I go into a form of meditation called sleep. Um, <laughs> and uh, you've really got to engage the kids, and the story's got to flow. Um, young people, old people, and it's a story of salvation. Look, you can tell Bible stories over and over and over again, and they'll love it. Mm. But if I have a hobby, is I get into a Bible study and I'll research it and research it and get the background because we tend to tell the same story over and over again in the same way that we heard it the first time. Uh, there is no excuse for not approaching a Bible story in a fresh way. Mm. Yeah, that's that's fantastic, John. John, we're going to have to move on because um, we're out of time. It's been wonderful having you on the show today. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, it's been an absolute pleasure, and God bless you, bless you all. Yeah, and God bless you too, John. That was John Hammond, the uh, master storyteller, and a life of inspiration. Mm. Somebody who's given his life to God, and God has used him in a remarkable way. We're going to move on with the show now, and our next song coming up. This is um, going to be Dolly Parton with "In the Sweet By and By." And we'll be back right after the 8 o'clock news. There's a land that is fairer than day And by faith we can see it afar For the Father waits over 
designed to help us all improve our lives and discover the healing power of forgiveness. So if you're keen to take that first step, head to forgivetolive.org.au. 
Hey Mon, mm-hmm. do you believe in miracles? Look, if God can change my life, I think I definitely believe in miracles. Okay, so the Hamilton Seventh-day Adventist Church is making a difference in its community. Oh yeah, how? Well, it's worshipping together, loving together, learning together, and above all, preparing for Jesus to return together. Ooh, that sounds good. When's all this happening? Bible studies start at 10 a.m., service at 11 a.m., and guess what that's followed by? Or is it this free lunch I keep hearing about? Absolutely. Well, please join us at the Hamilton Seventh-day Adventist Church. Our address is 105 Lindsay Street, Hamilton, New South Wales. Every Saturday morning where you will be welcomed with a smile.
listening to Faith FM, positively different radio.